Hello and welcome to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for tuning in to us here at four o'clock hour here on Thursday. Appreciate so much you taking the time to check in with us here to think about and perhaps even spark some conversation regarding all things economic and financial. Now, you probably got an hour left in your workday here. So we got the four o'clock hour. You got to sprint to the finish line. We're going to get you there here on Dollars and Cents. We're going to be talking about some things. It's, it's earnings season. The boss man was talking about that earlier. Earlier today on uh, on Good Morning LKN, I, I do get a little bit too excited about earnings season here when it comes to our publicly traded companies. Going to be talking about that a lot today. Big one, actually, it's happening in real time. Um, I actually have my screen set next to me here because we're going to hear from Apple here after hours. It could be coming out any minute, and uh, we're going to be talking about that a little bit here. But again, in doing so, you got to get the caveat from me. You know how this works. That we're going to be talking about companies. We're going to be talking about strategies. We're going to talk about earnings. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. But in doing so, very, very important to remember that nothing that we're talking about here is intended as a specific recommendation for you. Meaning that even though we're going to be talking about these kinds of things, everybody's situation is unique. Want to make sure you check in with your tax advisor, check in with your financial advisor, or if you'd like to reach out to us at North Main Financial, love to chat with you, love to hear about your particular financial situation and to see if there are ways in which we might be able to be helpful to you. Online, you can find us at northmainfinancial.com. That's north like the direction, main like the street, financial.com. We've got a contact page on there. Leave us an email address, a phone number. Let us know the most preferred and desirable ways for us to contact you. Again, at northmainfinancial.com. All right, let's get into it. We start out with hot headlines. You know that as a previous listener to Dollars and Cents here. And like I said, we're going to get earnings. It's it's earnings season. I mean, it's this comes around about four, actually arguably because of fiscal year, six times a year. I, I, I do love it. I really enjoy it because it really does, joking aside, it really does give us an insight into where companies are, where the consumer is spending, what's happening to us economically, financially. And of course, the market moves on these kinds of things. So when you're looking at your portfolios, you're looking at investments and companies make uh, uh, make their quarterly earnings report, uh, you're, and especially, most especially, as they're doing their forward for, uh, forecasting for what they anticipate, at least for the next quarter that's going to be coming up. The uh, stock prices move most often, and it can be positive, can be negative, uh, can be large, can be small in terms of its movement. Uh, it is an interesting time uh, relative to where we are in the market. So obviously, we're in the fourth calendar quarter of uh, football reference. Uh, then I'm going to be talking a lot about football here because we're on a streak. Producer Bill, we're on a streak here, Carolina Panthers, uh, and uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, to this coming weekend because we are on a winning streak. I love to be able to say that. I mean, I mean, I don't even know who we have this week, and I don't even care because we're on a winning streak. We're ready to go. It's the Colts, and it doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. I am ready. Let, bring, bring on the Colts. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's go. Let's keep that winning streak going here for our Panthers here. But all right, so first quarter here, uh, talking about what's hot and uh, and then the hot headlines that, that are out there right now. So let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit earnings. I'm, I'm, I'm literally looking at my screen here if you happen to be watching us on the socials because I want to make sure that I make uh, can tell whenever Apple comes out with their earnings, but we got several others as well. So let's go ahead and dive into them. Important when we're looking at, at these kinds of things, and you hear me talk about this a lot, important when we're looking at these kinds of things that we don't get too caught up or too wrapped up in any one particular company or one particular sector. You've heard me talk pretty much ad nauseum here on dollars and cents uh, over the last several months that uh, that we really have a, a differentiating market, meaning it's not that the rising tide is raising all ships. I'll probably use a couple of other metaphors here to describe it as well. But uh, but what we see is, is a very differentiated market, meaning there are parts of the market that are doing very well 
the other parts of the market that are really not doing well at all. And uh, and actually, if, if we look at it, if we really break it down, it looks like large technology, and you've heard me say this, large technology companies, by and large, not everyone, but by and large, those large technology companies have had a reasonably good year, even with the pullbacks they've had since the end of July. And most other sectors have been miserable. We're seeing that again. We're seeing that again, even insofar as, uh, as performance is concerned coming into earnings here. Now, it's starting to balance out, level out a little bit. You heard me say that a couple of weeks ago here on Dollars and Cents, that we're starting to see some level of rotation, but boy, it's slow. It's not happening in, uh, in, in, in very quick ways. And so when we're looking at that kind of thing, we're not really seeing it happen in terms of differentiation and market sentiment at this point, but really in terms of, okay, where are companies now? And most specifically, what do they see going forward? And the big reason why I have Apple on my screen, yes, it's one of the largest companies uh, publicly traded on the planet, but B, it also speaks into public, uh, excuse me, consumer sentiment about where they're spending their money. So we're going to be watching that, but let's dive into a couple of others here as we're thinking about it. Um, Caterpillar. Caterpillar is uh, a large, um, let's call it an infrastructure-related company. So you th they think about big machines, earth mover machines, those kinds of things move dirt around. If if you were like me when you were a kid, you probably had some uh, Tonka truck kinds of things that looked like the kinds of machines that Caterpillar owns. Uh, so certainly when we're talking about large infrastructure projects, when we're looking at the kinds of things that... Um, that move, uh, literally, uh, move the earth or, or, or situating uh, building sites, you know, large scale building sites, kinds of things, uh, tends to be the kind of thing that we see. Some real disappointing uh, uh, news out of uh, out of Caterpillar. And, it, and again, this isn't a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold Caterpillar. Caterpillar has been around for a long time, based out uh, just outside of Chicago there in Illinois. And, uh, and we're, we're listening to the kinds of things that they were saying in their quarterly uh, the report, and most especially in their forward-looking forecast. Not particularly encouraging, and that's kind of an, that's kind of interesting because when we're looking at the macro, when we're looking at economically where things are right now, it's kind of interesting that one of the larger, let's say, infrastructure-related companies is not as enthusiastic as maybe we would hope they would be uh, at this point in the game with where we are uh, from an economic standpoint. But that may be, and I have to say maybe because we never take one data point and extrapolate too unnaturally. We don't like to think in straight lines here on dollars and cents, but. Uh, but we do want to take a look at Caterpillar because they're a big company. And they're certainly when they don't have good confidence in future orders or future reservations for uh, their large, uh, larger scale equipment, that may mean that the entities that are renting that, buying those, uh, those equipment pieces, aren't as enthusiastic about the need for them, at least in the relative near term. So definitely on our radar screen, they're definitely the kind of thing that we're keeping in mind. Different sector. But definitely, uh, definitely something that you want to keep in mind. CVS, Caremark, CVS, Caremark, or CVS, as it's most commonly known, drugstore, right? The red CVS you you often see on the side of the building. If uh, if you use CVS as your drugstore, or if you don't, you probably certainly have seen them. Uh, pretty impressive in terms of the profit and revenue numbers that came through, and and interesting in terms of what they where they focused most especially focused on, let's call it specialty drug uh, kinds of things, meaning that uh, for folks who are doing more uh, flu-related or standard antibiotic, amoxicillin kinds of things, not, not a whole lot of growth there. The margins are, are microscopically small on those kinds of things. But for specialty drug kinds of prescriptions, they were pretty enthusiastic this last quarter and pretty enthusiastic ongoing in terms of their forward-looking forecast. So it, was, it was, certainly was a very positive kind of report. Interesting 
to uh, to see that. And you can kind of look at that, I guess, in a glass half empty kind of way and say, well, if CVS is enthusiastic about what's lying ahead of them, maybe that means we're not going to be all that healthy going through the uh, the winter season. I don't know. I don't want to say that. I don't want to extrapolate on that. I'm certainly not a public public health expert, but uh, but definitely the kind of thing that you want to keep in mind, especially as we're heading into the holiday season, right? Nobody likes to be sick ever, but certainly not sick during the holiday season. All right. One that's probably very familiar to that. I, I have to admit I was surprised uh, as it came out here. DoorDash. Uh, Producer Bill, but you, you may have used DoorDash. I've used DoorDash uh, for uh, for the delivery of all things that are palatable and yummy. Guilty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and uh, certainly when I'm traveling, I like to do that. Good numbers from DoorDash. Kind of interesting because it got a lot of competition, Uber Eats and, and other things like that that really make that kind of space a lot, very competitive. So we're going to be watching them as well. Well, friends, we're going to take our first break as we get to the end of the first quarter here. I appreciate so much listening to Dollars and Cents here on WSIC News Talk Now. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second quarter football reference. Carolina Panthers, we're on a winning streak. Can't wait. Producer Bill told me we're playing the Colts this week. Doesn't even matter. We're on a winning streak. We're ready. We're ready for this. Let's go. So excited for uh, for our Panthers to be uh, to be moving in this direction and uh, looking forward to that game here this weekend. Now, I've also been told that I need to remark about also our college teams. I, I've had some of you folks tell me about that is I love them all. You're gonna. Try, I've had folks try to pin me in. Are you State? Are you Chapel Hill? Are you App? Are you NC? I love them all. You can't. I'm sorry. It may be a political answer, but I do. I want to. I want them all to win. Obviously, except when they're playing each other, then it's a little bit of a conundrum. But apart from that, I want them all to win uh, this this coming weekend. So none of you can pin me in a corner uh, on that. But I love it. It's football season. It's a little bit chilly here this morning, producer Bill. My my goodness. I mean, he, for us in the Carolinas here, when we get uh, to temperatures that start with a three, I I uh, I can't say no, that no, I'm no, like no, a, no 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 no. We don't we don't speak of those we, numbers. <laughs> those are bad numbers. We uh, we just wait. <laughs> around for a couple of hours for the sun to rise then we get yes. up to temperatures in the fives and the sixes and uh correct and, and that makes us feel a whole lot better so <laughs> anyhow it's that time of the year it's a fun time of the year and especially this particular time of the year it's earnings season and i do i love it i really do enjoy it because you know joking aside it really does give us some indication about where things are for us economically because these companies got to tell you when they're publicly traded every, every quarter they got to come out and tell you how things are looking not only about where they've been looking backward in terms of where they're earning are, so when they post earnings for the quarter, but about what they see going forward, that's due to regulation FD or financial disclosure uh, that was that came out here several years ago. So they do have to tell you uh, what they see things. Now, I'm going to bring up one here. And uh, and when I start out, you're probably going to say, well, who in the world are they? I think you're going to catch on pretty quick here, though. Live Nation. So Live Nation, and, and you say, well, okay, Live Nation, what publicly traded company. Live Nation is the parent of Ticketmaster. Uh, Ticketmaster has been the entities. You probably have heard of Ticketmaster, especially if you've gone to a concert, you've gone to some kind of large-scale entertainment event. You probably have uh, gone online to Ticketmaster. You've bought tickets through Ticketmaster. But most especially for what I'm talking about here, Ticketmaster is the entity that has managed, or which has managed, I should say, the uh, the ticket distribution process for two names that I am certain you know. Taylor Swift's tour this year and Beyonce's 
tour this year. The only reason I'm saying that, and I'm saying it obviously in terms of things economic and financial, obviously, I mean, we're talking about all things that have to do with Taylor Swift and Beyonce. We are talking about things financial in addition to everything else. Uh, blowout quarter. <laughs> and I guess we shouldn't be surprised at that, right? Because we were ta- we've been talking on previous shows, especially about Taylor Swift uh, with her uh, Eras tour, uh, literally has been moving the national GDP or gross domestic product because of the number of dollars that either directly or indirectly have been spent with regards to that tour. Pretty unbelievable. So we shouldn't be surprised that Live Nation, the parent company of Ticketmaster, blowout quarter. Uh, Obviously, they're they're giving some cautionary words about that same kind of expectation going forward. I guess that seems reasonable. I mean, we can't expect Taylor uh, Taylor Swift and Beyonce to go on tour here every 90 or 120 days or so. But certainly with regards to what has happened uh, here over the course of the last quarter and even over the course of the last year, very positive kinds of returns. So very interesting to see that kind of thing. As I mentioned to you in the first quarter, the first segment here, we're waiting for uh, for the results from Apple. We're going to bring those out to you here. I want to bring you, uh, though, just a slight pivot from the earnings scene of things here because th- this is pretty significant. Producer bill is pretty significant for our Charlotte region. Uh, just came out this morning. Uh, news with regards to, not specifically to Carowinds, our local amusement park here, but to the company that owns Carowinds, Cedar Fair. Uh, Cedar Fair based out of San Dusky, Ohio. Uh, if you are an Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania person, you know Cedar Point, the, the big amusement park there in Sandusky. Cedar Fair is the company that uh, that owns not only Cedar Point, but also a number of other uh, amusement parks, including our local Carowinds here just south of the border there in South Carolina. Cedar Fair announced that, uh, that they're going to be merging with Six Flags. Now, you may, especially if you've traveled some, you probably have gone to, uh, especially if you like amusement parks, you probably have gone to an amusement park that is a Six Flags. They have a number of different locations around the country, but uh, but they're going to be merging. And especially for our local folks, for our regional folks here, uh, the new headquarters for this combined entity, so it's going to be known as Six Flags ongoing, the, the location for the combined headquarters can be right here in Charlotte. North Carolina. So a big deal uh, for us uh, as a region. Multi-billion dollar acquisition of, uh, of Six Flags. Well, I shouldn't say acquisition. They were very specific to say it's, it's a merger of equals. It's not really equal. One's bigger than the other. I'm not going to get into that right this moment. But uh, but there's going to be a combination of the two entities, of Cedar Fair and of Six Flags. The headquarters is going to be right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. But they're, the combination of the two, and this is really what matters, so it's about a $2 billion uh, movement. The combination of the two uh, relative to the number of parks that they own around the country, the number of locations they own around the country, 27 parks, 15 water parks, nine resorts. Uh, it's going to be a, a mammoth. It's going to be a big entity that owns those kinds of things. So it will be very interesting to see. Uh, they're going to be known by the Six Flags uh, descriptor, meaning going forward, so that uh, – uh, but I think we're still going to – have Carowinds. We're still going to have the, um, uh, the, the the Carowinds description for our location here, just south of the border there in South Carolina and Fort in the Fort Mill area. So, uh, so we're certainly going to continue to have that. But it's, it's exciting stuff. Exciting things to see. Certainly, when we're looking at those kinds of things that are um, uh, merger and acquisition related, we feel very good. At least I do. Usually, feel very good about those kinds of things because it means there's a, a significant level of confidence. There's a reason why. Now, it could be because there's the somebody who's stronger is picking up someone who's weaker. Maybe that might be the instance. I don't think that's the case here. This conversation actually has been going on for some time, uh, meaning that there have been other attempts at this kind of merger. Actually, SeaWorld was in the mix here uh, a couple of years ago. 
ago with regards to Cedar Fair. Uh, that didn't come through, but uh, but now we have Six Flags and Cedar Fair, which I've announced that this morning. So that's that's a that's a pretty big deal. Pivoting a little bit again, I'm I'm going to get back to earnings here. Don't uh, don't don't leave on me here because I'll get back to the earnings because I want to be able to talk about uh, not only Apple but also some of the other companies that have announced here and about what we see in terms of where things are right now and then perhaps more importantly where we see things going forward. That's in the fourth quarter. That's a little bit of a tease. I want to make sure that you hang around for that. But let's talk about the UAW strike. Uh, the, the chief, uh, Justin, talked about this on Good Morning LKN. By the way, Good Morning LKN every morning, Monday to Friday, 7 to 9 here on WSIC. Make sure you tune into them as well. Hyper-local kinds of things, but also looking around the country at things that are happening. And he did, as part of that discussion here this morning, bring up the fact that the UAW, United Auto Workers, with the big three uh, in Detroit, have uh, have come to some level of agreement. And I say some level of agreement. It's not official yet. Not everybody has signed. I think Ford signed this afternoon as of the time of this live, broad, live broadcast. But uh, but we're pretty much on the way. And, uh, and, and it was uh, pretty notable in terms of the increase uh, from a pay scale standpoint for the union workers, 25% uh, pretty much across the board uh, for, uh, for folks. So that you're looking at that, you know, for some folks, that means upwards of forty to forty-two dollars an hour. Uh, so very good stuff with regards to uh, to the union members in uh, in terms of that. But a couple of things that, to keep in mind there, and uh, and certainly when we're looking at okay, so we have resolution on this kind of thing. So hopefully that's going to mean some good things with regards to the parts industry and with regards to um, uh, inventories on our, on our car lots. That hopefully things are going to be able to reopen fairly quickly here. But uh, but a pretty big deal. The big item to keep in mind, and, th- and this is. Important. And this is not a commentary one way or the other. This is just mathematical fact, uh, as has been put out there by uh, by Ford and GM. I haven't heard from Stellantis yet, or I haven't seen it, I should say, from Stellantis yet. But certainly with regards to Ford and GM, that essentially this was going to mean an increase in about $1,000 per car. Uh, because of this contract. And again, uh, this is not commentary one way or the other. This was just the literal uh, verbatim reflection from General Motors, from Ford, that because of this contract, we're probably going to see an increase in the cost of uh, vehicles, new vehicles specifically, of about $1,000 per car. Now, when you're looking at cars that are $50,000, $70,000 and more anymore, uh, you may say, well, that's not that big of a deal. And maybe you're right. I mean, it's certainly it's a relative kind of thought process, but it, it is a, a hyperinflated environment right now. Certainly it has been here over the last several years. When we look at the cost of vehicles, not just used, but on the used car end of things, if you're one who has been uh, trying to buy or have bought a used car, a new car here over the last several years, you know exactly what I'm describing. My concern is, and I, and I will put this in the frame of concern, and I will say this is a subject of opinion from me. My concern is that, okay, we're going to have an increase in the, uh, in the cost of the car at the exact same time that we've had a significant escalation in automobile loan rates, what does that mean in terms of demand? Is that going to start to cool demand? Does that mean that we're going to start to have folks who keep cars for longer? Uh, Perhaps the leasing market is going to get quieter because this directly affects leasing rates uh, with uh, with both of those items, with regards to uh, interest rates and with regards to the the capital price or the capital expense of the vehicle itself. Uh, What does that mean in terms of demand? And we've seen this previously. We saw this uh, really last time in 2008 and 2009. And I'm not saying this is an extreme like 2008 and 2009 uh, was or were, but I would say that it's something that's definitely on our radar screen. Is that going to dampen demand? Is that going to cool things down uh, with regards to the demand for the automobile uh, market? And then what does that mean with regards to how folks are spending? 
What is it that's most important to them? Are they going to stretch, if you will, from a financial standpoint to be able to get the car that they want, or are they going to move in a reverse direction? Are they going to back up a little bit and perhaps take a step down in terms of expense of uh, a vehicle? Uh, that's going to have a domino effect. That's really why I'm bringing that out here. This is uh, this is a very significant item with regards to our overall economy. So we're going to be watching that very closely. So I wanted to bring that to you, though, because A, because the strike has, has stopped and we're starting to get plants coming back online, but then uh, in a secondary and perhaps even uh, in a more majority kind of way, uh, talking about what that means in terms of the consumer. Does that mean that that buying is going to continue with the same strength and intensity that has been here over the last several years? All right. Very quickly, I want to bring, uh, and this is this is just because I love food. Producer Bill knows this. Uh, McDonald's. McDonald's came out with earnings here in, uh, in in the last couple of days. They're looking good. You may or may not like McDonald's. I'm not here to argue for McDonald's, but I'll tell you what, they know how to make money. Increase in revenue, increase in same store sales, increase in profit margins. Uh, here again, uh, real, real quick, producer Bill, um, there is a shrimp McNugget out there. Just want you to know that. Not quite here in the states yet. No. Um, I, and, and I and I can't I can't believe I'm even saying that out loud. But it's <laughs> what but a it, sentence. I did uh, not think you, I would hear that you, sentence today. <laughs> that among the things you thought would happen today, or at least during this show, you didn't think you'd hear about shrimp McNuggets. <laughs> shrimp McNuggets. Take a look at it, especially overseas. There definitely are uh, shrimp McNuggets out there. But again, coming back to McDonald's. The reason why I'm looking at that, obviously, large, bellwether, blue chip uh, kind of company uh, came out with some very positive earnings. They're a little bit concerned, though, about where folks are spending. Well, folks, folks, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment here on Dollars and Cents. Hello, and welcome back to Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second half of this week's show, Football Reference here. I get excited. If you've listened to about 10 minutes of Dollars and Cents on any episode, you know this time of the year is one of my favorite years. It's football season. I really enjoy it. And I really work really hard to tie football into something economic and financial, pretty much. And sometimes I can't do it, and I don't care. I still talk about football. So it's good stuff. Anyhow, thank you so much for hanging with us here into the second half of this week's show. And as we were going to break there, we were talking about very important things like shrimp McNuggets coming out of, uh, uh, coming from McDonald's. No, we don't have shrimp McNuggets here in the U.S. yet. It's still overseas. They're kind of trying them out. We might, we may get them. You never know. Gotta, gotta pay attention to that kind of thing. Along those same lines, Yum Brands, which, which may have among the best ticker symbols ever. Uh, meaning that the company itself is called Yum Brands and the ticker symbol for uh, the stock literally Y-U-M. Yum. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. I, I, th I think it's pretty amazing anyhow. But they came out with earnings as well. And, uh, and again, you know, previous listener to Dollars and Cents, we're not talking about things to buy, to sell, or to hold for your particular situation. Check in with your tax advisor, your financial advisor. You're welcome to reach out to us at NorthMainFinancial.com as well. But, uh, but with Yum Brands, uh, and, and you may say, well, okay, who's Yum Brands? I, I'm going to give you a couple of names here. You're going to know real quick. Kentucky Fried Chicken. I can't even say Kentucky Fried Chicken. KFC. Sorry, KFC. Uh, any, any, you can tell my age if I'm saying Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? No, it's KFC and uh, and Taco Bell, Pizza Hut. All right, uh, came out with uh, overall pretty good earnings, pretty good revenue uh, growth. Uh, certainly, uh, with regards to. Uh, here in the States on the Taco Bell and KFC uh, brand end of things. Disappointing on Pizza Hut, though. Very interesting to see that. Disappointing on Pizza Hut. And then, specifically, because they have so much growth overseas, or let me say so much emphasis uh, overseas, some real disappointing numbers out of China in terms of both revenue and and profit margin for, uh, for Yum there. So kind of interesting, because certainly we're talking about consumers there. You heard me say right before we went to break there on McDonald's, uh, right at the at the end there, I dovetailed in and said, you know, 
uh, McDonald's is concerned about the consumer from the standpoint that um, they were able to do well on a profit margin and on a revenue scale, primarily by increasing prices. So it wasn't by selling more stuff necessarily, but the stuff they were selling, food they are selling, uh, they're doing so at more expensive prices. So they actually added a note of caution. Yum Brands saying the same thing. Now, I got to bring a big one to the table here. And you've heard me talk about this, the front end of today's Dollars and Cents show. They finally came out with it. Uh, when I say finally, usually they do about 10 or 15 minutes after the uh, 4 o'clock Eastern hour. They waited until about 4.30 or so. Apple uh, came out. Apple, I, I bring them up again, not because it's a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold Apple, but because Apple is so huge, A, as a company, and B, with regards to understanding how the consumer is spending. And, uh, and, and Apple came out with some good numbers. They really did. I mean, they beat expectations on the earnings per share line. They beat expectations on the revenue line. Now, listen to what I'm saying closely there. They beat expectations. In terms of overall sales, as it's coming across the screen here, and you may be seeing this if you're watching any of the news headlines coming across online, fourth consecutive quarterly sales decline. Now, what we're talking about there, so they beat the expectations, what the street was expecting for them to do. But in terms of raw numbers or the actual numbers themselves, fourth consecutive Executive quarter of sales decline, meaning overall sales. Now, there could be any number of reasons for that, but you get four quarters in a row, especially for a company like Apple, it begins to hit at least radar screens like mine. And I begin to look at it and say, why is that, that the case? Is it because there is a lack of product in the pipeline? Perhaps that's the case. So sales are falling because they don't have any new widget. Can't say that. Just came out with iPhone 15. And actually, uh, with regards to the, to the quarterly report itself here, as I'm scrolling quickly through it, uh, feeling pretty good about iPhone 15. Actually, iPhone 15 is outpacing iPhone 14. And uh, in, in terms of sales at this point, in, in a, in a like-kind time frame to, uh, to, the, to the sales for iPhone 14. So iPhone 15, they're feeling pretty confident about. So what does that mean? Well, I, I don't want to extrapolate too much, but we're starting to line up data points where the consumer is starting to slow down. So whether we're talking about, uh, again, things at McDonald's, now you heard me say that McDonald's had good numbers, but not because they sold more food, but because the food that they sold is more expensive. You heard me talk about Yum Brands, definitely a cooling off on the Pizza Hut end of things, definitely cooling off significantly uh, overseas in terms of sales. Uh, Taco Bell and, and KFC did pretty well uh, in terms of their sales, but now we have Apple, arguably one of the uh, most significant consumer product companies on the planet. Uh, now, again, looking good from an earnings per share, looking good from an expectation of revenue standpoint, but the fourth consecutive quarter of sales decline, meaning the overall sales, the amount of uh, top line revenue that they're generating on a quarterly basis. That hits my radar screen. That's the kind of thing that, you know, we've talked about this. So in the macro kind of sense, we've talked about this significantly here over the last uh, now couple, maybe several months about uh, understanding what are these higher interest rates? What's higher inflation going to mean for the consumer? You've heard me talk about things like federal student loan payments coming back online. That definitely is impacting the ability for, uh, for folks to spend. Uh, you've heard me talk about kinds of things in terms of automobiles earlier and even in today's show, talking about the increase in costs that we're going to see there. It's certainly that we have seen there here over the last couple of years. At a certain point, folks run out of money. And I say that quite literally. That's not a joke. I mean, I literally, folks run out of money. They just can't keep spending or they can't keep spending more if they don't have it. And, uh, and so that, that's, that's a big deal. One of the other data points that's real high on, on our radar screen here at North Main Financial is that, uh, that revolving debt, meaning that the kind of debt that sits on credit cards specifically, so let's call it non-collateralized debt. Now, I know that's a 10-cent phrase. Let's just say credit card debt. 
for right now. It's up, meaning increased, 30% year over year, 30% year over year. That's not a good sign. Uh, because when we see that kind of debt increase in such a significant way over a relatively short period of time, one of the things that in that indicates to us is that the consumer is not spending cash they have. They're spending somebody else's cash, and they're paying a very high interest rate to hold on to that debt. And, and again, negative impact on uh, on the consumer. So I'm not saying things are going to crash. I'm not saying that things are going to be ultimately negative, but definitely something that's, that's going to be on our radar screen. We're definitely watching it with regards to the consumer because we're concerned. And, and I haven't heard the uh, call yet because um, – the uh, the earnings call for Apple hasn't even started yet, but I'm very interested to hear what their forward-looking guidance is going to be, specifically into the Christmas retail season. What do they see? Do they see that things are going to go up, uh, meaning increase? That tends to be the biggest time of the year for Apple and for most retail companies. As we go into Christmas retail season, that uh, tends to be the biggest time of the year from uh, from an overall gross sales standpoint. So we're going to be watching that very closely. You know, I haven't given you the phone number here. If you'd like to call in uh, here to Dollars and Cents, always happy for you to do that. Always happy for you to chime. I mean, can't promise I'm going to get into your specific subject matter uh, here on the show today. But if I don't get to it today, I'm going to get to it next week. I promise you, I'm happy to, to dive into the kind of things that I know are on your radar screen. 844-STUDIO-4, that's 844-788-3464. One more time, 844-788-3464 here in the studio. If you'd like to chime into the conversation, and, and again, perhaps you're seeing things from an earnings standpoint, perhaps you're looking at things in terms of year-end uh, kinds of things, always happy to chime into uh, to that kind of stuff. So so again, big news uh, from Apple there. It happens on a quarterly basis. It's not new or necessarily unique, but definitely the kind of thing that's uh, that's sitting on our radar screen. All right, let's pivot here. Uh, so we talked about hot headlines. I've pretty much gone nonstop here. Uh, it's on this this week's version of Dollars and Cents talking about hot headlines in its earnings season. The Chiefs, right? I do get excited, almost giddy. It's it's almost like a kid at Christmas. I know you probably get giddy whenever it's uh, you know you're going on vacation or whenever it's uh, uh, Christmas Day. I get giddy on earnings season. That probably tells you something about me. It's not very flattering, but <laughs> but I do get excited about it. And uh, but let's pivot right now. Let's get into what to know. Each week we talk about here on Dollars and Cents. We talk about something, a, a, a more of a, a broad-based subject that we think is important for you to know. And I'm going to talk on uh, one for here for a couple of minutes, specifically Roth IRAs. Now, you may have heard of Roth IRAs previously. You may even have a Roth IRA. So some of this information may be information that you already know, but especially for our folks who may not be as familiar with it or you know the kinds of things they may be considering for themselves. First of all, this is not a recommendation to have a Roth IRA. It's not a re recommendation to start a Roth IRA. But I want to make you aware of some of the parameters. And I'm going to talk in real general, broad-based terms here. But, uh, but the kinds of things to think about with a Roth IRA. First of all, an IRA, Individual Retirement Account, IRA, uh, uh, that acronym, Individual Retirement Account, a Roth IRA named after a senator who actually was the one who put the bill into uh, or raised the bill that was eventually signed into law and made part of our Internal Revenue Code. Uh, so it was called the Roth IRA because of that. Roth IRA, uh, very quickly, is an opportunity to save after-tax money that is able to grow in a tax-free way ongoing so long as certain parameters are met. Let me say that again. It is an opportunity to use after-tax money so you don't get any deduction on your tax return by putting money into a Roth IRA. But if you allow it to grow within the parameters that are allowed by our IRC or our internal or revenue code, then it can grow tax-free. 
for retirement. So a pretty big deal. But there are stipulations, just as there are for all things that have to do with that. Uh, there are restrictions in terms of the amount that you can put into it. Depending upon your age, it could be $6,500 or $7,500 per year in terms of how much you can put into it. There are income restrictions, meaning that if you earn a certain number of dollars, you may or may not be eligible to contribute to a Roth IRA. So that's important to keep in mind as well. And then with regards to the withdrawal aspect of things, you need to be older than age 59 and a half. That just happens to be an arbitrary age that uh, the IRS has chosen. It's a little bit weird. I get it. But uh, at age 59 and a half, and the account has to have been established for at least five years. So when we're looking at Roth IRAs, we don't get any tax benefit up front. The advantage on those kinds of things happens at the back end, meaning that if we have the opportunity for the investments that we use inside of a Roth IRA to grow, then we are, if we qualify and we follow those parameters, then we can withdraw from the Roth IRA in tax-free kinds of ways. So it's a big advantage, especially when you're looking at it over a long period of time. Also along those lines has to do with the idea of what are called Roth conversions, Whereas an opportunity, again, if you qualify, to be able to convert traditional IRAs to Roth IRAs. Now, you got to pay taxes. When you do that, you got to pay taxes on the amount that you convert. But if you're younger, perhaps it's a smaller balance, you pay tax on a smaller amount so that it can eventually grow tax-free over the course of a large number of years and into your retirement. So a lot of opportunities when it comes to Roth IRAs. We're dealing with them all the time here at North Main Financial. But it is definitely something to keep in mind if you haven't used them to this point. Perhaps it is something that would be advantageous for you, again, if it's something for which you qualify. And that's really the big part of this because you have to fall into certain income brackets. You can only uh, contribute so much to it. It's a very big deal. Well, friends, I appreciate so much you hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents here on WSIC News Talk Now. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us. Fourth quarter, you're almost there. If you're a nine to fiver, I mean, you got about a literally 11 and a half minutes if I draw this out a little bit more until you hit the five o'clock hour. So you're almost there. But I appreciate so much you spending this time with us here on Dollars and Cents as we're taking a look at all things economic and financial. And I, I know I've been coming at you pretty much in machine gun fashion here for the last 48 minutes. And I, I guess I got to apologize because I don't think I've taken much more than about a half a deep breath the entire time. But it's earnings season. I love this stuff. I really do. And even as I, I mean, just, just while we we're on break there, I'm scrolling through all the earnings that are coming through. Because a lot of companies do that, especially uh, companies that don't want to unnaturally move the markets during the day. A lot of companies will announce either before the markets early in the mornings or after the market closes at 4 o'clock Eastern. Just saw another big one come through. And big one. Not in terms of market cap, it's not huge like Apple, but in terms of probably your familiarity with it, uh, it's a group, it's a uh, company called Block, B-L-O-C-K. Now you may say, okay, I really don't know Block. It's kind of a you know a very ordinary kind of name, but you probably have heard of these other ones, Cash App, and uh, and Square. Meaning those uh, those kinds of entities where you are able to pay for certain retail services uh, by using Cash App uh, and or even uh, individually. So it doesn't have to be a retail service, but you can pay uh, individual to individual using Cash App or using uh, using Square. Came out with some very good numbers. Actually, I was quite surprised. I was just uh, while we were on break there, I was scrolling through some of their uh, revenue and and uh, and profit margin figures here pretty quickly. Uh, 
pretty good. Uh, and they had gone through some tough times uh, because uh, in part, and it's not to speak uh, unnaturally negatively about Block, but I think the entire fintech industry with regards to the processing of retail transactions, it's it quickly becomes a commoditized business, meaning it's very easy for other players to come into the mix and to drive down profit margins, meaning because of competition to drive down those profit margins. So I was I was surprised because Block has gone through some challenging times here, but they, they noted some very strong uh, not only top line revenue, but also bottom line profit margin kind of numbers here in this last quarter for uh, for both Cash App and for Square, which are owned by, uh, both of those owned by Block. So that was encouraging to see. But I know when you get to the fourth quarter here on Dollars and Cents, I know you want to hear about where the markets are right now. And let, let's talk about that. Interestingly, and uh, if you're a Wall Street Journal guy like me, and if you're watching on the socials here, you know I always have the uh, the Wall Street Journal in front of me. So I'm holding it up. Second section here, which by the way, um, if, if you're an ancient like me, you remember when there used to be multiple sections of the Wall Street Journal. And you also remember when the Wall Street Journal was only ever in black and white print, which I'll admit, I'm a curmudgeonly old man. I really liked it when it was black and white. We got color all over the place now, pictures. There were never pictures, except for some sketches periodically on the front page. <laughs> but anyhow, all of that aside, talking about some news here. Because it's big, and it's certainly big with regards to the company involved, let's say companies involved, and uh, and, and then also with regards to how we consume the consumers, uh, consumer entertainment. Disney, uh, don't need to, uh, to remind you who Disney is. Disney had been an investor in Hulu. Hulu, one of the streaming services in order to be able to consume television-style content. You can watch it on your phone as well, but television-style content, including local channels. So not just cable-style channels, but, uh, but local channels. They had been an investor in Hulu, I want to say, for at least four or five years. Uh, the majority or the balance of Hulu owned by Comcast. Comcast, uh, the, one of the largest cable distributors in the country, uh, right up there with Spectrum. Uh, Disney bought the rest of it. Frankly, the rest of it that, uh, that Comcast owned, they bought it for uh, just under $9 billion. Uh, big deal. And, uh, and in part, at least the news that I've read on it or, or the descriptions that I've read on it coming out of Disney, frankly, is because Hulu is making a lot of money. And Disney wanted to be able to have that all to themselves from a revenue standpoint. And they were willing to pay a premium to Comcast for that. Comcast agreed to it. So Disney has bought, uh, bought the rest of Hulu. Now, what is that going to mean if you're a Hulu subscriber? I don't know. Don't have any idea. Uh, historically, what that means is cost of Hulu may be rising at some point in the future. And I'm not saying that to say anything negative about Disney. That just tends to be what the acquirer does. They're buying it because they're going to increase revenues and decrease expenses and increase the margin, right? That's kind of how those things go together. So, uh, so I'm not saying that's happening quickly. I'm not even going to say it's going to happen at all. But in, in historical context, that can be what happens. So I just wanted to share that with you because that was a news point that I think is important for us to keep in mind as well. All right, markets, fourth quarter. Now we're beyond uh, Halloween. I mean, producer Bill, I mean, this, this is one of the most disturbing parts of the year for me because once we get beyond Halloween, uh, I don't like the fact that we as the retail consuming public basically just skip Thanksgiving, go to Christmas. I'm uh, with you. I, I, do, I do not like that as one. I know you are uh, who appreciates uh, the consumption of fine food. I also appreciate the consumption of fine food. Indeed. We are not going to, we're, we're not going to forget Thanksgiving. No. We're, we're, just, we're just not going to do that. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're, we are going I might celebrate it 
several days multiple in a row. Times. Yes. Mul- multiple times. <laughs> I think that's one of the blessings of Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving, Correct. because of how much food is produced, doesn't need to just be the fourth Thursday of the month. Uh, let's let it spill over into Black Friday the following weekend and uh, however long the cold turkey lasts. You paint a pretty picture. Uh, yes. it's, it's, it's in my mind, Bill. And that's exactly <laughs> how it's going to matriculate here in a couple of weeks. So I, I refuse to uh, to jump all the way into it, uh, to the Christmas season completely, although I pretty much don't have a choice if I enter any retail establishment that uh, uh, is in any way connected to the Christmas season. I, w- I think I told you, I was at Home Depot, Christmas trees in the front. This was before Halloween. I mean, they just, I guess they figured, you know what? We sold out all our candy. We sold out all the jack-o'-lanterns. Now we're just going to put Christmas trees out here. Get the um, trees. I, I mean, at least they could have done frozen turkeys. Right. Uh, front. And I know they're not the food business. That's a little bit of a joke. <laughs> don't be calling into the studio here telling me that Home Depot, don't, don't tell them producer Bill that Home Depot doesn't sell frozen turkeys. I know that. We know that. All right. Anyhow, so looking at the markets here, looking at you hear you've heard me talk about this a lot, and 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 joking aside here, uh, one of the reasons why we're spending so much time on the earnings season, especially with our consumer product and and our consumer intensive companies, is because we want to look at what the consumer's doing. You've heard me say now here for several weeks, we're watching the the Christmas retail season, the upcoming, I should say, Christmas retail season here very closely. It's going to be an indication about where we're going to go as uh, as an economy. You've heard me say this a lot. I say this data point a lot. I'm going to keep pounding it because it's important for you to keep it in mind. The consumer is two-thirds to three-quarters of our economy, meaning we spend. We spend as the economy moves, or we don't spend as the economy doesn't move. So it's, it's a very, very important data, but it's not the only one. One. I certainly don't uh, look at that in terms of what the consumer does is the only thing that's out there, but it, but it is major. And so when we look at companies, again, I know we joke about it a little bit here on dollars and cents, but when we look at companies like McDonald's or we look at Yum Brands, you know, how are folks spending when they go out to eat? When we look at companies like Apple, you know, are, how are folks spending on their consumption of entertainment and communication devices? Uh, it's, it's a huge, huge deal. Uh, I, I brought up Disney and Hulu. Uh, because, you know, how are folks spending in terms of how they're con- consuming their entertainment sources? You know, are, are, let me say it this way. Are folks going more to, towards traditional cable outlets or more towards streaming? And if it's more towards streaming, I mean, I just I saw Roku. I mean, you may you may or may not be familiar with Roku. Roku is another streaming service. Let me call it a streaming management service. I came out with blowout earnings. Actually, if you own Roku stock, you may want to take a look at it today. And that's not a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold Roku. I'm just saying it was up huge today. Very interesting. I, I'll, I'll, I'll raise my hand quickly. I, I did not expect that. Did not expect Roku to be in that kind of space. They came out with some blowout earnings, both on the top line revenue and uh, bottom line margin end of things. Very surprising because one of the things that we're seeing at North Main Financial is that it's getting to be crowded. So I brought up Roku, brought up Disney, which obviously is in the both the um, uh, network and cable business, Comcast, which is in the distribution business, uh, Hulu, which is in the streaming business. I mean, there, there are, I mean, Disney has Disney Plus. There, there are so many different ways to consume entertainment now. It's getting to be crowded, in my opinion. You may think it's not crowded. You may think there aren't that many choices. I think there are. I think there are a lot of different options out there. And usually what happens as particular consumption areas get crowded in terms of the number of options that are available to us is that prices and then inevitably margins begin to reduce. One of the reasons why, and and this is just commentary at this point, one of the reasons why I think Apple has done so incredibly well is that outside of Android devices, 
there isn't any other competition for them for what they do. It's not like that there are half a dozen other um, similar style smartphone experiences out there or similar style iPad outside of Android. It really is, is a two horse race. And uh, you really choose one over the other. And there are a couple of other ones out there, but not not in any significance. And I think that's one of the reasons why they've been able to be so dominant in that space. So has Google with Android. I mean, very dominant in that kind of space. But when you look at something like the consumption of, uh, of entertainment services uh, that's out there, I mean, gosh, I, I, I mean, we got Hulu, we got Disney Plus, we got YouTube TV. We, I mean, pretty much all the majors have a streaming service. Spectrum has a, has a the old Time Warner has a streaming service as well. I mean, you, you can get just about anything that's uh, that's out there I mean if you look at any of these smart TVs anymore you got about 50 or 100 different options from which you can choose to be able, I mean I'm not even touching on the old the old dogs in in, in the mix right Netflix uh, kinds of things that, that are out there and they're not that old when <laughs> we're looking at them but when I say that so that's one of the reasons why we're looking at the case what is the consumer doing is the consumer going to start to get more price sensitive in those kinds of areas as they're consuming their entertainment I don't know I really don't at this point, but we're watching it, especially in light of the other data points that I shared with you earlier, that in terms of the overall consumer, we are concerned. Uh, and when I say concerned, it's not because we see there's a crash. I'm not saying the market's going to go down 30%. It's possible. It always is. That's uh, we're not saying that it can't happen, but we're not seeing we're not seeing the kinds of things that would produce a let's say a red light uh, kind of effect, but we are concerned about it. You know, what is it going to mean? How is the consumer going to come at this balance of the year? How are they going to come at the retail season? Are they going to spend freely? Are they going to be more reserved in terms of how they um, how they are purchasing for uh, for the retail season for things that arguably are certainly not mandatory, certainly they're not food and transportation uh, related kinds of things? We're going to be watching that very closely as, uh, as as we move here over the next couple of weeks. You're going to hear me talk about it a lot, and uh, especially you're going to hear me talk about it a lot because earnings season is going to be over here in about a week. And uh, so you're not going to hear me get all giddy and excited about that. So we're going to have to shift up on it that. But we're talking year-end kinds of things. We're going to be talking tax-related kinds of things. We're going to be talking charitable giving-related kinds of things here over the next couple of weeks as we're uh, as we're wrapping up. But appreciate so much you uh, tuning in to, uh, to this week's version of Dollars and Cents, friends. Really do appreciate your time here and listening to us as we're talking about all things economic here on Dollars and Cents, presented by... Uh, Presented by North Main Financial, WSIC News Talk Now.